Hello and welcome to my latest podcast. I ended my relationship after 19 years. Hard decision, really hard. It was agonising in fact. Mainly, but not entirely, because we have children and I was most concerned about the impact it would have on them. The process went on for a few years, mostly internally. Am I happy? Am I not? What is happy? What is good enough? Do I deserve to be happy? And what if I'm happy at someone else's expense? Is that okay? I should also say here that the first person I spoke out loud to was the person I was in the relationship with. I carried on that conversation for a number of years, but it seemed and was made pretty clear that the only person responsible for changing anything was going to be me. Through the course of the relationship, I'd had various attempts at becoming happier and more settled. Some involved therapy, some involved having those difficult conversations, some involved changing other things, job, house, friendships. And in the end, after all the changes, it became clear that the one thing I hadn't changed was the thing I actually needed to change, my relationship. The first thing I did, aside from the endless internal rumination, was to talk to a couple of trusted friends. This was a big step, as I kind of knew, because of the kind of person that I am, that once I started talking about what was happening, that it would become much more difficult to just carry on in the same way. I sought advice and guidance and wisdom from others, and eventually I went on a weekend-long retreat to work my thoughts and plans through, and in essence, I was trying to stress test my decision. The weekend was a bucket full of tears. Actually, it was like a vatful, a bath. I worked through every fear and rumination and worst possible case scenario before eventually at the end I allowed a tiny glimmer of light in with respect to what the future could look like. Upon returning home it didn't take too long before I made the decision and I made it out loud and made it clear and a few months later I found myself living alone for part of each week and taking stock of the situation I was in. Following the initial adrenaline that enabled me to work through the ending of the relationship, deal with Christmas while living in the house, tell kids, family and friends, find somewhere new to live, initiate divorce proceedings, all while carrying on working, living in the house and keeping things level for the kids, a wise friend and colleague of mine counselled to say, eventually you will crash. Maybe not now, maybe not in six months, but eventually you will crash. Now the first six months were strange. I hadn't lived alone ever. Well, not since I'd, well, in fact, ever. I'd never lived alone. I'd gone from my parents to university to living with friends to then living um, with my my now ex-husband. So I had to get used to explaining the strange noises in the night to myself. I had to get used to spending some of each week alone. I had to get used to buying and eating meals alone, being alone and working out what this new status was all about. Now, instead of leaning into some of the discomfort and exploration of that, actually, I decided to work. When I didn't have the kids with me, I worked day and I worked night. I filled up my consultancy diary so that I had enough money to pay all the new bills I had to pay, (laughs) but also so that I didn't have too much time to think. Maybe predictably, but rather sadly, many friends just dropped off the radar completely. The couple and family friends, that is. I don't think they were making a choice between us. I think it was more that they weren't really sure how this newly single person fitted into their world. To be honest, it was fine, actually, because I was having exactly the same conversation with myself. I mean, could I invite couples for dinner? Would that be weird? Were we still a family? What what does being a single parent actually mean? But more more fundamentally to that, though, what the hell does being early 40s and single mean? 
It had been 20 years since I'd last been single and at that point I was in my early 20s. The world or my corner of the world felt alive with possibilities. After 20 years in a relationship and now with children, the world seemed like a different place. It was a different place. And it was one that I wasn't quite sure how I fitted into exactly. One of the first things I did was go and choose a new bed. I went in and out of the shop three times. I was totally and utterly overwhelmed with the decision that I had to make. Making that decision by myself felt really hard. And the fact that no one was there to talk to and there was so much choice. I didn't know what I needed and I had no idea how to choose it. I took the children out on days out, weekends away, holidays. and I don't know why, but I felt as though I had a massive clanging bell above my head and a t-shirt on saying single parent in big capital letters. I really can't remember why I felt so visible, but I did, I really did. I remember one of the first times when we pulled up at a big holiday place for a week's holiday and as we were checking in, the woman asked the children, where's daddy, is he at work? We didn't answer and she got the message, I think. Slowly over the years that followed, I worked it all through. I spoke to my more helpful friends, I processed what had happened and eventually I established another relationship. And that relationship may as well have been formed on Mars for any relation it bears to any previous experience. In a good way that is. So what in the five years that have passed have I learned and why am I talking about it now? Well, it's mainly, I suppose, because my work, my coaching work that is, brings me into contact with people who are at the start of this journey, mainly at the start of this journey. And having made a decision to leave the relationship or the relationship having made the decision to leave them, they're usually at the start of a process when I work with them. I really hope that something of my experience will either help them or help the people that love them and are trying to help them. So what do I know? The best people I had around me when I was going through the situation were those that said, listen, tell me as much as you need and want. I'll be led by what you need. The worst people I had around me by far were those that wanted every gory, gossipy detail. I assumed that this was for them because it certainly wasn't about me. The helpful people around me helped me to pack things, shift things, dust things and move things when I needed them to. They sent cards, bought vans, packing crates, newspaper, good humour, screwdrivers, hugs and food. They brought wine too. I created a vision board and a written picture of how I wanted life to be, what I was travelling towards. I kept it and referred back to it along the way, excitedly. I chose a solicitor that would help me navigate the type of divorce I wanted, amicable. I helped myself by keeping my ego outside the room and keeping the long view. I tried to get used to being alone. I helped myself here by trying to work out what I enjoyed doing now that I had some free time to explore what floated my 40-something boat. I tried yoga, writing, ballet, opera, singing, painting, roller skating, paddleboarding, to name but a few things. Some of these things were more successful than others and some caused less bruises too. I really appreciated the friends that invited me anyway, even if they weren't quite sure where to put me at the table, they invited me anyway. I talked and still do talk to the children, as much or as little as they need. It's not really about me and what I thought because that's stuff that belongs to friends and other situations, but it's about answering their questions, age appropriately, as and when they surface, even when it's uncomfortable. I've also talked to their teachers and when necessary, I've sought other help if they've needed it. I worked my way through the guilt and let go of it. I remembered that it takes two people to make a relationship work and two people to break it. I realised that as a happy, I realised a happy single parent is much better for kids than a miserable couple of parents. 
And no, I couldn't have waited till they were 18. And yes, just like my wise friend and colleague said, I did crash in the end, about 18 months into the process. It took a week or so before I was back on my feet. A week where I binge watched things like cold feet, I let my best friend buy me tissues and chocolate, cover me with blanket and leave me on the sofa until I felt better. I let my ex's family go, with some sadness obviously, but I respected their way of dealing with things, which was mainly to let me go too. Over time, I established some semblance of a relationship with my ex-mother-in-law, one of sending Christmas cards, pictures of the kids and birthday greetings. The annual Christmas cards now include my partner, which feels like a circle completing of sorts. I navigated and continue to navigate a healthy and respectful relationship with my ex-husband. It's not always easy, I'm sure for either of us, as let's face it, the things that help you along the road to splitting are pretty much likely to be the things that raise their heads along the amicable divorce road. Again, keeping my eye on the long view and my ego in check, but much more critically, I always start from the perspective of what do the kids' needs what would be best for them. Eventually, some years later, I created a home, a nest from which we can all travel from into the world, a most beautiful nest, and it's full of all the love, laughter, flowers, happy chaos, music and joy that I ever hoped for. And I remind myself as I create a happy mess in the kitchen, plant more flowers in the garden, and look at the kids hanging around the neck of my partner, that I did it for me, firstly for me, but mostly I did it for them. If you want to talk about how coaching can help you navigate your relationship ending, then I'd love to hear from you. Get in touch at www.wildflowerfire.co.uk.